Are online courses becoming obsolete? If you run an online business, then you know how much the digital atmosphere has changed lately, especially with the dawning of all of these new AI tools. And in today's episode, we're talking about the future of online courses and specifically whether or not there's still an effective way to get results for your clients. We're going to explore answers to questions like, why do most courses fail to deliver results? Should you be using AI tools to generate course content? Is it possible to make online courses that are binge-worthy, like Netflix? Or are we really just trying to put lipstick on a pig here? All of this and more is coming up next, so stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for helping overworked online business owners navigate the ups and downs on the way to seven figures. Each week, you're going to learn how to get the right systems, structure, and support in place so you can build a self-sustaining business that thrives in a rapidly changing digital environment and grow through what you go through to create the greater income, influence, and impact you deserve. This is Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurship. Welcome back. You're listening to Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurship. This is episode 179, and I am sitting here today with my good friend, Jasmine Jaunty, a former teacher, pit bull mama, and course creator extraordinaire. And when I say extraordinaire, I mean it, because Jasmine and her team helped us rebuild our signature podcast launch program last year, Pod Launch and saved us from hiring three new team members and over 250 hours of work in the process. But the reality is, most courses today fail, utterly fail, to generate the results they promise, both for the client taking the course and for the coach offering the course. But not because the content is bad, and not because the coach is lacking in any way but because of the very structure of the course itself. And chances are, if you're a coach or an online expert, then you've created a course at some point in your journey, or you've thought about creating one. But what happens is, after spending all that time to outline the content and film the videos and upload it to your members portal and create the graphics and link the resources and on and on and on, A, you're exhausted, and then B, the course doesn't perform like you hoped. Either people don't buy it, or they buy it and then they don't finish it, or they finish it and they don't get the results that they hoped for, so they don't refer anyone to you. Now, to fix this problem, most people try to tweak the layout of the course, or they change the name, or they tweak the content, or they update the graphics and the branding, but none of that helps. Because the truth is, courses can be incredibly effective tools for scaling your business, even in this day and age when you know how to do it right. There are people out there right this minute making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month from their courses. And if it's possible for them, then it's possible for you too, right? But the question is, what is it that they know that you don't? How do you make a course effective so that it delivers the results that you and your client both want? Let's find out. Jasmine, welcome. I am so excited you're here today because you have been so instrumental in helping us do a better job with delivery for our clients. Our clients are getting such a better experience 
because of what you and your team have been able to help us accomplish. So I can't wait to like tap into your mind today and unpack, you know, why it's so important that we pay attention to how our online courses are created so that people can actually get the result that we're promising them. So thanks for making the time to be here. Thanks you for having me. I mean, it was a delight to work on your content. Your team is a delight. You're a delight. So yeah, super happy to be here and and connect with your peeps. Yay. Well, you know, what's so interesting is three years ago when I created the course that you helped us upgrade, our podcasting program, I literally did it probably like most people do their courses, right? They have people join them on Zoom. They record like 90-minute meetings. They put those meetings in a portal and they call it a course. And that was what we had done. And I look back and I laugh a little bit because it's like, you know, we don't have to be perfect to get started. And I was very much of the mindset, like, let me just get it up, get it out there. People can benefit from this. And people did. But at a certain point, I realized if I really want to turn this program into something that is known in the industry, that's not just something that looks like it was thrown together and we're calling it a course, you know, and really create an experience for people and help them actually get through the program, you know, and short form content's all the rage right now, like sitting through 90 minute sessions. No, thank you. So that's when I came to you because I was like, please help me do this. I have all the knowledge in my head but I feel like I'm too close to it to step back and see how can I improve this? How can I make it better? Aside from chopping up those really long videos into like really short ones. So I would love to kick this off by having you walk us through, like what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see coaches, course creators, online business owners making when they try to create a course of their own? Where do they go wrong? Yeah. You mentioned one of the biggest ones, which is really long content right? Like it's the idea that I can put up an hour video and it's valuable when people don't even listen to hour-long podcasts most of the time. So if we think about that, how does that translate to our online programming? What we want, you know, is seven, ideally seven to 10 minutes. Sometimes it can be shorter. Sometimes it can be longer, especially depending on your audience. But you typically want something that is Shorter, seven to 10 minutes. You also want something that's really actionable. So at the end of every lesson, what action do they need to take? At the end of that seven to 10 minutes, what are you telling them to go do? Most people think that just like information is power, but it's potential power, right? Knowledge is potential power. And when you get, tell them what to do with it, you're automatically putting the power in their hands to actually transform and change their life, which is why they're in the program in the first place. So those are a couple things. And then kind of like to to piggyback on the idea of making it actionable, it's like how easy can you make it for them to take action? How, like what are the things that you could provide so that it's so, so, so simple? So like when we did your program, I was I came in hot with the whole, uh, you know, launch blueprint idea. I was like, Courtney, I want everything, every action they need to take for their launch in one document like one place that they can go to, see everything they need, check off the boxes. And that's what we did. So it's just, you know, how can you simplify? How can you make it actionable? How can you make it really easy for them to take that action? Yes. Make it consumable, make it actionable. I think these were two of the biggest changes that we made to pod launch, to our offer, because the action steps were there before, but Mm -hmm. they were kind of buried. Like you said, let's make it Mm -hmm. so obvious And pulling those out was something I never thought to do because in my mind and looking at it from a coach perspective, 
I felt like, well, that's obvious. You have to learn this and then you take this step and do that, right? But when, from the client perspective, when you're consuming that information, sometimes it is difficult to know exactly what to do if it's not spelled out right there, like literally with a checkbox beside it or a mark complete mm-hmm. beside it. So I think that that was a huge change right there. And it was a huge eye opener for me. And, and just to piggyback on that a little bit and kind of lead into what I want to ask you next, how often do we as coaches teach from our perspective versus our client's perspective? Does that impact our delivery in any way? Does that impact our ability for our clients to actually consume and, and retain the information that they're learning? Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Like you're swimming in your own you know, you're like a goldfish swimming in your own water and the water is all you see, you know? So when you think about how you learn, you probably assume everybody else learns the same way, which isn't necessarily true. Some people really like to learn by watching. Some people learn by listening, especially if you got a podcasting community, those people are going to want to listen to your content. Some people just want to read. I'm, I'm kind of that person. I've taken a lot of programs where I look like a terrible student because like, I have a 0% course completion rate because I haven't watched any of the videos. If the resources are good, I will just take the resources and run. That's all I need. Um, so I think you know, it's very, you got to know what your own learning style is, how you consume, but you have to be aware of how everyone else consumes too. And I, I mean, I'll be honest, I was like really resistant to podcasts for a long time just because I don't really like to listen to stuff. Like I don't even listen to music. I use my headphones, my noise canceling headphones on silent just because it cancels noise, right? Like I love quiet. And um, I think it's from all the years of teaching and being around noisy students. But because of that, you know, I'm sure like I have a predisposition to think like, why would I include a private podcast feed? Because I don't like to listen, right? But what happens is then you're, you know, you're doing your students at a service, And at the end of the day, you're doing your business a disservice because happy students means higher referrals, more retention, more repurchases. So meeting everybody is good for them, but in the long game, it's good for you too. This is such a good point because I'm the same way. I love to read. Hand me a well-built PDF and I am on my way. Yes. Listening to podcasts was something I did early on in business. This is going to sound really funny because I live in the podcast world. I teach podcasting, but now at this point in my journey, I'm not listening to as many podcasts to learn. And same with the videos. I've got like the little Chrome extension on my browser that I can watch any video at like 2x speed, even if there's not a speed controller on it. So I just like cruise through those videos, grab the resource, read through it, highlight what I need or underline, you know, make a big star next to something and go. And I never thought about this from a content or course creation perspective, which sounds crazy because you would think, you know, if you're teaching, you've got to take into consideration the different learning styles that people have, or even just, you know, the different ways that people prefer to consume information. And it was something that never even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, such a valid point. I'm curious to know too, in your experience, like why is it that most of the courses out there fail to produce results for the client? that's taking the course and then therefore impact the revenue that the course creator is hoping for. I think most experts, if you're a true expert, right, you have a doctorate level in whatever it is that you do. You've put in your 10,000 hours, but you're trying to teach a kindergartner. So you're not sure what's important anymore. You're not sure what order to teach things in. You're not sure 
you know, what are the needle moving activities? Because you have so much data to work from, especially if you've been working with people one-on-one or in some kind of group, like just group coaching, not necessarily programming. So that's a huge, huge struggle. It's like, I always think about it like you have a hundred files in your brain. If you think of your brain as a file folder and of those hundred files, you're probably going to need to put 10 to 15 of them into the course and you need to put them in the right order and sequence. And it's like figuring out which files to put in and then what order to put them in. So, so challenging for experts. And so you have to, the best way I think is like, look at, think at the end of, start with the end in mind. So if you think about your course at large, okay, what's that big promise? What's that transformation? Okay. Now, if you were to take that transformation and you were to break it down into five to six to seven high level steps, what would they be? And then if you take those, each of those steps, those are your modules, and you break them down into five to seven smaller steps, what would they be? And then if you go into one of those micro steps, which is a lesson, what's that action at the end? And then you build the lesson in reverse of that. So it's kind of like you have to, it's like an accordion, you know, you got to pull it all the way out to then put it back together. This makes so much sense. And it makes me laugh because I I go back in my mind to my (laughs) very first course. (laughs) <laughs> which was me in Canva, throwing some slides together, dumping literally everything in my brain onto these slides, recording these videos. This wasn't even the podcasting course. This was something else. Recording these like hour long lessons. And it was this course that it was just, I don't know if anyone ever made it through that course, like God bless them, because I don't know that anyone ever did. It was so much information. Mm-hmm. And so the sequencing is really important. And again, it was just another thing that as a coach, as a consultant, my brain is on helping the person achieve the transformation. It's not necessarily on how we're going to do that or what does that look like in a series of steps, but it's so relevant when it comes to putting it into course format. Even if you have a coaching aspect of your course, right? And you're coaching alongside it. Those modules are there for people to refer to. They've got to be able to go find it easily They've got to know right where to go at what sequence or at what point is this in the overall process. So it makes so much sense. I'm curious to know, like if you were to pit two courses, like a really highly effective course with a really ineffective course next to each other, right? One of them is getting great results for the students that go through it. The students are able to complete it. And I've touched on a few of these things versus an ineffective course that people can't get through and just don't enjoy. What would be like the top three things that an effective course has versus an ineffective one? An effective course continues to sell and market to the students to continue to take the course. Hmm. We often think they bought it. They're going to want to do it. That's not true. <laughs> Just because they bought it, even there's like all of this... Um, can't remember the the psychological term, but it's like you feel like you've made progress if you just hit the buy button when you haven't even logged in or done anything, right? So like using, we use neuro-linguistic programming, right? We use hypnotic languaging personally in all of the courses that we build, but if you don't have that training, that's okay. Just put your copywriter hat on when you write the module titles. Put your copywriter hat on when you start a lesson, right? Hook them at the beginning, just like you would hook them at the beginning of a podcast episode, a social media post, an email, whatever. So like continue to sell and market to them. Why is this lesson the most important thing they're going to hear all day? And what's the cost of not taking the action as a result of this lesson, right? So effective courses have that. Uh, Effective courses also usually, not always, but usually have some kind of support element to it. But I like to think of it as Goldilocks support. 
you know, you want just the right amount. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. So for some programs, that's like just having a Facebook community or, you know, a community available, uh, you know, to message and chat, et cetera. Like your community is great, right? Like the Pod Lodge community, they show up for each other in there. So that's an option. Having coaching calls, et cetera, that's another option. Sometimes it can be too much though. You know, people are like, I'm going to have, I've, I've looked at courses before where they have a group call available every day of the week for a different topic inside of the program. And for some programs, it's great and people love it. And for other programs, it's way overkill. So Goldilocks support is also really, really helpful. Another thing that effective courses have and I, you know, you don't have to have this. It's a nice to have, but gamification is really nice to have. And gamification is essentially using the principles, game design theory. If you think about video games, is usually the easiest way to think of it, where there's levels and you level up and you unlock things and there's surprises and excitement. And like that surprise and delight factor really puts your course over the top over what other people in your area are doing because most people just don't care enough to do it. So when you do, it really starts to create this raving fan culture. So th- those are three things. I'm sure there's more, but. Those are three amazing things. And it's things, again, that are just kind of outside of our awareness. We don't often think about it, right? But when we experience it as an end user, it does make all the difference. I think the gamification piece was something a, I never would have thought up on my own. And B, has been so much fun to implement with our community. And that really sets this particular podcast launch course a, a far and away from other podcast courses yeah. that are out there that don't have that element. It makes me think of an app that I just downloaded. You know, I'm scrolling Instagram early one morning <laughs> after my meditation. It's supposed to be like journaling, right? I'm like, well, let me just check Instagram real quick. I don't know how I get distracted, but I do. Here I am on Instagram. I see an ad for an app that's supposed to help you write shorter, better copy. That was what the angle of the ad was talking about. I was like, ooh, being more concise. That's something I'm working on right now because I can talk a lot. I love to talk. So I download this app and turns out what it actually is, is this series of mind exercises that you can do in 10 minutes a day to improve your communication skills, to improve your math, math that you can do in your head, which I've never been very good at to improve you know, the brevity of what you're saying when you're saying it, and all of these really cool things. And the entire app, right? You're learning how to do this. You're enhancing these mind processes along the way, but the entire app is built on gamification. Mm-hmm. And every exercise you complete, you earn points and it's like high scores and all this. And it's like, it is so much fun to play. And I've never been one to play game. This is literally the first game I've ever downloaded on, if you want to call it a game, onto my phone and played. But it is so much fun. And I'm under the impression that I'm doing a good thing for my mind. It's mm-hmm. making me complete this stuff every day. I want to get that little fire symbol on there that says, oh, you're <laughs> on a three-day streak. You're on a four-day streak, right? And it's fun. So I think, you know, everything you said, you know, about what makes an effective course effective is so on point. And especially this last one, because that's how our brains are now learning to process mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Just with this, you know, the digital age and the direction everything is going with technology, which really brings me to another point. I've been seeing a lot of these AI course outline generators and copy things. And we're seeing so much AI right now, right? How effective is that in actually helping you create an effective course? Is that something that, you know, Kajabi, I use Kajabi, right? And I can go in there now and I can click a button and say, this is my topic, create a course for me. And it will. But what's your take on that? Is that really going to set you apart in the space? 
we think of AI as our creative partner. So for us, it's great to log into ChatGPT when you're like looking at a blank page. But honestly, we're never really looking at a blank page because we talk to experts. But, you know, like there's there's times, right? Especially content creation for social, stuff like that. So we look at it as a creative part- partner. Now I've used that Kajabi AI outline generator. I used it for projects that we're working on. And I go in there and I'm like, you know, I think we did one on investing. So it was like an investing 101 kind of program. So I typed in investing 101 and it came back with an outline that was boring as hell, but you know, it could have worked a little bit, but it wasn't, you know, our expert was a a woman. It wasn't her. It wasn't her flair. It wasn't how she goes about things. It wouldn't have matched her brand. It wouldn't have made her stand out. It would have been like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know how if you go on Udemy sometimes or some of those Coursera stuff and you look at the, the outline and it's like, oh man, this sounds like a college syllabus. That's really what it's generating things like, at least right now it can change. So while the course, the outline generators can be a good place to start, it's definitely not the end all be all. Same thing with, you know, you can type in, I want to write a lesson on Bitcoin and the what is Bitcoin is the name of my lesson. And it will, it will pop out slides and it will pop out, you know, content, but it's not a hundred percent what you want it to be. Um, the one thing, the one type of AI that we are finding really, really beneficial right now are voice AI. Because like we could take all of your solo podcasts, Courtney, we could plug it into a voice AI and it will come out with Courtney's voice. And then I can take that voice and I can write scripts for your program and I can dub it with slides and you don't ever have to record anything. There's also some really cool avatars right now. So for some of our corporate clients, they're really having fun with that because they don't need to be the face of the brand anymore. So I'm really more like excited about those than I am about the content stuff just because like people are paying for you. They're not paying for – and your content, but they're paying for you if you're the face. Yes. So what I'm hearing is use it as a tool. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't rely on it solely. No. And make sure that you're embedding you and infusing you into every aspect of your course. Because exactly what you said there is people are buying you. Yeah. So 100%. good. So how much time does it take for your team to build a course collectively as a whole? Uh, like so a, a four to five hour like signature program with, you know, 25 to 30 lessons, 90 days, you know, three to four months. We've gone faster than that before. We've gone slower than that before, but typically three to four months. So three to four months and how many hours collectively would you say that y'all put into that? Usually 200 to 250. Oh my goodness. Think about that for a second. If you're listening to this right now and you either have a course that you've built that isn't performing like you want to, or you're not sure that it's effective, right? Maybe you've just built it or a couple of people have gone through it, but you really have no idea. There are people getting the results. Think about how long it took you to put that together. Can, you know, taking into consideration, you didn't just throw it up there like I did, or just yes. record a few long modules and just stick it out there and call it a course. Or if you're looking to build a course, 250 hours. Like if you had someone's help, someone who knew exactly how to help you build a course that was consumable, that was actionable, that was enjoyable, that was fun, that actually got your clients through the course and got them the result that they want. What would you spend that other 250 hours doing? 
like that was the big selling point for me, Jasmine, honestly, when we were chatting and I'm like, I, I need help, you know, and you, uh, you're like, okay, well, yeah, you could do this and it's going to take you this long. And I'm like, no way, please here, hand it to you. Right. Like, and have your team do it. And y'all did such a beautiful job at coming up with things I could have never even possibly considered. So with someone right now, who's maybe at the point in their business where, you know, if they're not ready to hand it off yet, or they're not at that level, you know, where they're like, okay, I can totally pass this on. Cause if you're at that level, reach out to Jasmine. But if you're not there yet, what can someone listening do to improve their course? If they were to walk away from this episode with some simple tweaks that they could apply right now to an existing course, just to make it easier to get through. So people actually complete it. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them to do? Yeah. I'm going to come back to this idea of keep selling and marketing to them. Mm like keep doing that because that's what will keep them going. Um, also this I, actionable idea, even if it's not in the right order in sequence, even if it's your lessons are 20 minutes, if you just tell them what the heck exactly they're supposed to do and give them some kind of deliverable with which to do it, you're far and away above a lot of the the programs that come in for audits. Like we have people send us course like, will you audit this, right? And we'll do a little audit. And that's always my goal is like, what is the short and simple things I can give them without having to necessarily re-record the whole thing? And it always comes down to that. It's like, just make it easy for them to take and get them excited by telling them why it's so important. Yeah. I know you have a resource too about how to make your course binge worthy, right? Like if you were to drop a Netflix season and it was like, oh my gosh, this is season two of whatever it is that you love to watch, right? And you can't wait for it to come out. Like, how can we make our courses like that? Where can people go to get that resource? You can go to jasminejonte.com slash Netflix. And it's, yeah, it's 10 ways to make your courses binge worthy as Netflix is the title. I love that. I love that. And also if someone wants you to do an audit for them, or if they want to reach out to you and they're like, Jasmine, help me. I've got this course and it, it just, it's in dire need of some help. Where should they reach out to you for that? You can find my website, jasminejonte.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram is my main platform and LinkedIn. I do a little LinkedIn, but Instagram is probably better. I love it. Thank you for being here today. I mean, you just dropped so much knowledge. I think what you shared is so actionable, but it's simple where, you know, you can walk away from this episode and apply it without feeling overwhelmed. It's some simple tweaks, but that ultimately are going to help you increase your retention, increase your deliverability, increase the people who are buzzing about your program because they're getting results, which will result in new leads and new clients for you. So thanks for your time today. And thank you for having us, you know, or having me. I'm a huge fan of Pod Launch. I mean, I don't know if we've shared this online yet anywhere, but like we took Pod Launch, we launched a podcast late last year. We hit the US chart top 200. We hit three other international charts and just from following your system. So, hey, it works if you work it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being the person who has helped us like, bring pod launch to the world. We really couldn't have done it without you. And I'm so grateful to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurship. Now, if you want to connect with Jasmine, make sure you head to the show notes right now so you don't forget so that you can get the link she shared here on air and grab the resource that she is giving you or book a call if you're ready to just hop on and hash this through with her to see how she can help you save over 200 hours of time and energy and effort and headache and ensure that your next course performs the way you want it to. And if this episode was helpful for you, tap the share button, share it with a friend. Surely you know someone else in the entrepreneurial space who could benefit from this episode. 
And if you're a longtime listener, but you haven't left a review yet, I'm talking to you right now. I want you to scroll down in your Apple app today, tap the five stars and write a review. Just a sentence or two will help someone else know that this is a show worth listening to. And as always, if you want to connect with me personally, I hang out on Instagram at the Courtney Elmer. Come follow me there. Send me a DM. Say hi. I'd love to get to know you better. And next week, I'm going to do something that I've never done before here on the show. And I am going to reveal to you our exact proven process that we have used to help over 60 clients learn how to launch and leverage a profitable Apple Top 100 podcast as a lead generation tool for their business. Because the reason that I do the work that I do today is to help you use your voice to catalyze positive change in the world. Because chances are, if you're listening to my voice right now, you might have toyed with the idea of launching a podcast of your own but you're not sure if it's right for you. You're not sure if it's the right time for you. You're not sure if you have the time to keep up with the podcast. You've got so much on your plate already. But I'd also be willing to bet, chances are you are burnt out from having to post three to four days a week and constantly come up with content ideas that barely even drive sales because your content gets buried in the newsfeed within 24 hours. And you feel like you have a wealth of info to share, but you struggle to come up with content that can make a difference in 15 seconds or a 250-word Instagram caption. And it feels like your content needs to be shorter and shorter and shorter in order for people to listen. When the reality is, I'd be willing to bet that right now you're relying too heavily on short-form content to grow your audience, which can't possibly generate the results you want because there is no way to have a 15-second piece of content add real value, create connection, build trust, and generate sales. It's just not possible. And you're likely trying to build your presence on two or more platforms in an effort to gain awareness for your brand. But these individual efforts aren't working together yet as one larger cohesive marketing strategy. If this sounds like you, then make sure you join me back here next week Because I'm going to show you how installing a podcast as a marketing system within your business will help you solve all of these problems, increase client enrollments into your programs, and position you as a respected thought leader in your niche. So join me back here next week. And until then, let's go out and grow through what we go through together. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 